0: Our New Testament lesson this morning is going to come from Revelation, everybody's favorite words. From Revelation this morning, we're going to be reading from chapter 7, verses 9 through 17 of Revelation. After this I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. They cried out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne, and all the elders, and the four living creatures. They all fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, singing, Amen, blessing, and glory, and wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might be to our God forever and ever. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, robed in white? And why have, where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, these are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. For this reason, they are, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within this temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. And the sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the, of the throne will be their shepherd. and He will guide them to springs of water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I have spent a lot of my ministry living in parsonages. Uh, Our last almost 11 years now of ministry, we've been in our own home, uh, both in Petal and here at St. Matthew's. But before that, we lived in parsonages in Ripley. Uh, in out from Philadelphia, and then in the Delta. And we were, we were so fortunate uh, in our Parsonage experience, Parsonages experiences that we had, uh, that we served some wonderful churches with wonderful people who were always so accommodating towards us about the Parsonage. Every one of them told us, hey, this is your home. You live here. This is your house. This is where you live. So make this Parsonage like your home like your own house, and we believe them. Well, we know they meant it. But in the back of our mind, we knew at the end of the day that that home was not ours. We knew that we were living in this home for a season, hopefully a long season. We were happy in our churches. But we knew that we were just going to be in this home for a season. And we knew when that season was complete, that we would move out of that home and move into a different home. This home, that we, these homes that we lived in as Parsonages were not our homes. And as a pastor, that can be a little bit disconcerting. I had a friend of mine who told a story one time about moving into a new Parsonage with, with younger children. And they met with the Parsonage Committee and told them uh, that the Parsonage Committee had, had, a, had a beautiful white sofa in the middle of the Parsonage. And my friend said, okay, y'all, it's a beautiful sofa. It really is we have several kids under 10 years old. So um, this is not going to go well. So you may want to store it, but just understand that if you leave it in the church, we've got several kids under 10. It's going to be a challenge. And so the, the church laughed and said, of course, they, they, they stored it till they had an older couple come without children. Um, even the best best parsonages that we had. And once again, I want to reiterate, we were very fortunate and very welcomed and very loved in our parsonage. We knew at the end of the day, it wasn't our home. We knew it wasn't our home. And so you're always, even the best situations, you always never felt fully at ease because you weren't living in your own home. And that's been the joy of these last few years of living in our own house. It's been the fact that, hey, if the kids spill something on the carpet, we clean it up, no big deal. It's our home. If we want to paint the walls, we paint the walls. We don't have to call a committee. We, We paint the walls. They're our walls, we paint them. But of course, on the other end, if, um, and our parsing and, our and pedal, our, our, our home and pedal, we moved in, and literally the first week we moved in, our sewer pump went out, and we had to buy a brand new one. And Total Holly said, Well, there's no committee we gotta call, we gotta call the bank. You know, that's the committee we call now. Home ownership, you know, like the old Dave Ramsey joke you buy a home, and Murphy moves in your basement because something's gonna always go wrong. That's, and, 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 and that's the way it always kind of felt is we knew that when we were in parsonages." we were just passing through. We were just traveling through. If, as much as we loved it, as much as we were welcome, that parsonage really wasn't our home. There's a, a Rich Mullins song that I love so much that, that I've thought about a lot this week at, with reading that text and thinking about today being All Saints Sunday. It's a song called In The Land of My Sojourn. And, and the, 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 the bridge goes, nobody tells you when you get born here, How much you'll come to love it, but how you'll never belong here. So I'll call this my country, but I'm longing for my home. And I wish that I could take you there with me. The land of my sojourn. That's kind of what life's like. Today in the text we read, we read about heaven. We saw a beautiful scene in that text in Revelation about heaven. Uh, and, and, and you see, when we read this passage, what you see is you see that heaven is about that eternal worship of God. I, I've had a friend of mine say one day, asked me the question, said, well, Andy, can you be a Christian and not go to church? I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you believe in your heart and confess your mouth, you shall be saved. So, yeah, I mean, all that's required for salvation is is a transformed life in Jesus Christ. That's all that's required church attendance is not required for heaven. I said, if you're a Christian and there's not anything in you, not a single part of your life that wants to go to church and worship, there's nothing in you that doesn't, that wants to participate in the body of Christ. I said, man, you're going to hate heaven. (laughs) Heaven's going to be miserable. Because we see a picture in this passage of what heaven's like, it it is this eternal worship of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. It is the eternal worship of the Godhead. The Lamb who is in the center of all this is being worshiped. It is a beautiful, it's like the greatest worship we've ever experienced when you fear the hair on the back of your neck raised for all of eternity. That's what heaven is. Heaven is this beautiful place that we see here where there is no more tears and pain and loss, where all the sins and all the brokenness and all the death and all of these things are done away with. And we are forever with the Lord. Man, I can't wait. And I love, I love what the text says in verse uh, in, in verse 13 and 14 where it says then the elders the, one of the elders asked me saying who are these robed in white and where have they come from i said to him sir you are the one that knows he said to me these are they who have come out of the great ordeal they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood Of the Lamb, they have come out of the great ordeal. I don't know that the elder in this passage was talking about 2020, but it's it's possible. They've come out of the great ordeal. They've come out of the troubles and struggles and trials of the world. They washed their robes in the blood the Lamb. You'll hear during the announcements, well, you've heard during the announcements about our our prayer service that we're going to have this coming Wednesday at noon to pray for unity in our nation and for peace. And we were having a conversation as we were planning this, me and some of our church folk were talking about it. And I was Saying how important it is, I think it is for us as the church to model what it means right now to have our eyes focused on Jesus Christ above all else. And I said this. I said something that's going to sound a little, a little, a little off-putting. And so I want you to stay with me when I tell you this right here. I said I don't, I don't have any hope for the world. And that sounds, ooh, that sounds harsh. Because that's not what I mean when I say that. I have great hope for the world. Because. Because I believe that as the church, we're the salt of the earth. I believe as the church, we're the seed of the hill. And I believe that as Jesus tells us, I believe the gospels tell us that Jesus says the fields are white into the harvest. And so I'll look around, I'll look around, and I think you probably would agree with me. I'll look around and i see a world in need of Jesus. I see a world in need of Jesus. And so for me, I think that means, that means we have two choices. If we see a world in need of Jesus, we can choose to say, oh, man, this world, this world's in bad shape. Oh, my goodness, this world's in terrible shape. That's one option. Or we can look at a world in need of Jesus and say, my goodness, what an opportunity. What a gift we have. What a, what a, what a time to be alive. What a, what a responsibility that God has entrusted us to that there's a world in need of Jesus and God trusted us enough to place us here in this time. As Esther is told, it was perhaps for such a time as this that you were here. So when we look at the world in need of Jesus, for me, I see an opportunity to live out the good news of Jesus Christ in this world. So, what I mean when I say I don't have hope for the world, I mean this revival will never start from the world. Revival will only start from the church. I have hope for the world to be transformed, I do. But that transformation will never come from the world itself. That transformation will only come from the church, being the church. That transformation will only come when we as Christians live out the good news of Jesus Christ, when we live out the gospel. That transformation will only come when we keep our eyes squarely focused on Jesus. We spent a lot of time the last few months in Hebrews 11, and i think hebrews 11 fits in so well in light of what we talked about because when you when you read hebrews 11 you see you see all these saints of the old testament all these saints who lived for jesus in the old testament and every one of them it says that their eyes were not on an earthly home but their eyes were fixed upon a heavenly home not made by human hands, but eternal in the heavens. Their eyes were not fixed upon this world, what this world wanted, but their eyes were fixed upon heaven. And though many of them never attained what they longed for on this earth, they did attain it in heaven. And their eyes and their plan and their heart and their soul and their mind, it was not focused on this world, but it was focused on the world that is to come. And because they were so radically focused on the world that is to come, They lived faithfully in the world they inhabited because they knew they were just passing through. They knew this world was not their home. They knew their true home was better. They knew their true home. Their true home is a home where there's no more death. They, they they knew that they know their true home is a home where there's no more sickness, where there's no more COVID. Where there's no more cancer. Their true home is a home with no more Alzheimer's. No more nursing homes. No more hospital visits. Their their, their true home is a home where there's no more fear and no more death and no more brokenness and no more pain and no more loss. And they knew that their home was not this world. Their home was not this earth, but they were bound and they were made and they desired a better home. Their home was with the Lord. And they desired it so much. They desired it so much. And so today, today, we come to this All Saints Sunday. We've honored our saints from our church. And you, as you have worshipped with us online, you have named your saints in your own soul. Our saints, y'all. As I like to say in our, when I do a funeral, in fact, some of the, many of the families that are going to be here for all saints, they've heard me say this. When we have a service of death and resurrection, when we have a funeral, we're not grieving for the one we've lost because they're with the Lord, y'all. They've heard, well done, my good and faithful servant. They have gone into God's kingdom of eternal light. They have rested from their labors. They are with the Lord. We don't grieve for them because they are more alive than we are. The saints we're naming today, they are more alive in Jesus Christ today than we are. We don't grieve for them for they are with the Lord. They're like these saints in Revelation that are worshiping the Lamb. They are at peace. They are at rest. They are healed. There is no more sickness, illness, and death where they are. There is no more pain. There is no more loss. There is no more defeat. There is no more brokenness. But they are alive in the Lord in a way that we aren't. So we don't grieve for them. We grieve for us because our life is diminished, because our life is lesser because our world's a little bit more gray and lonely. We don't grieve for them. We grieve for us because they were the Lord. And and it's important for us to do that, y'all. Grief is a good thing. Grief is a good thing. We grieve for them. We grieve for us, rather. It's okay to name our brokenness and name our sadness and name our loneliness. We have to give it to the Lord, y'all. We have to. But these saints, y'all, they have through God's grace and love, gone to a land where there is no more brokenness and sadness. They're in a better place. And our hearts long to be with them. And our hearts long to be in their kingdom. Our hearts long to be in the presence of the Lord with them. And one day we will be. See, so here's the thing. We, um, we know we're going to a better place one day where they are. So that means it's our job now to make this world a better place. I think of that old line by C.S. Lewis. It's, it is, since we have stopped thinking so much of the world to come that we've become ineffective in this world. This world's not our home, y'all. We're just passing through. This world's not our home. So let's live fully and let's live boldly and let's live with passion and let's live with joy because we're not going to be here forever. We're just here for a moment. Our life is but but a mist upon the horizon and then it is gone and then we're with the Lord. We're just passing through. We're just traveling through. This world's not our home. And we know that when we're going home, we can make it now. I think back to when I used to be a, camp, a camper at Wesley Pines those first few years. So I didn't want to go. And I will think, oh, if I could just make it to Wednesday, then I'm on the downhill slope and I'm going home. We're going home, y'all. I don't know when. I don't know when the Lord's going to return. I don't know when we're going to breathe our last. But we're going home. This world is not our home. And because this world is not our home, we can live with courage. We can live boldly. We can live with passion. We can live for Jesus. We can leave it all on the playing field. Because what are we here to fear? This world's not our home. Our home is a better place. One of the things we tried to do in all those years of, of, uh, Living in parsonages is we tried to do two things. One is we, we really did try our best to take really good care of it. Because we knew that every, we knew that everything in that parsonage was bought with someone's tithe. We knew that every furniture, piece of furniture and all the carpet and all the stuff in it was bought by the church. And that was bought with the money the church had, which was given through tithes and offerings. So we tried to treat each part of that parsonage with dignity and respect and honor because it was sacred. And we also tried to leave the parsonage better than we found it. I'm not very handy. <laughs> I'm not a particularly handy. I tell people I'm a preacher. I have no discernible skills. There's not anything I'm good at. We tried our best when we, we, to know that when we moved out of a parsonage, we left that place better than we found it so that whoever came through after us would find it in better shape. This is my father's world. Oh, let me never forget. That oh, the wrongs is all so strong. God is the ruler yet. This is my father's world. Why should my heart be sad? The Lord is king with the heavens reign. Heaven's ring. He reigns. Let the earth rejoice. We're just passing through, y'all. We got a better home waiting on us. That means we need to leave this world better than we found it. Because it's not our our world, it's not our home, our home somewhere else. We're just guests, y'all. We're just guests. And if you're like me, your mama raised you to be a good guest. We're just passing through, we're just traveling through. We're We're just traveling through. This world's not our home. Let's keep our mind focused where our true home is, and live with joy with what is to come. But let's know that while we're traveling through, we got to take good care of where we are. As we keep our eyes focused on Jesus, we're going to leave this world better than we found it. So, friends, we're just traveling through. Let's be good guests. Let's take good, good care of this place God's given us. Let's leave the world a better place. Let's live out the gospel. Let's save lives. Let's be faithful. Let's work for the good of the kingdom. But let's know that we're going to a better place. Our beloved saints are with the Lord. And by his grace, one day we will join them. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you now for your goodness and for your mercy and for your grace. We thank you, God, for these saints that we've named before you. We thank you, God, for all those who have gone into your, your kingdom now. We love you. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen.